Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for our Bible study that I believe is going to bless you because it's coming right from the Word of God. Amen. Once again, the Scriptures declare of themselves, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will abide forever. Praise God. So we have we have this great promise from God that the word of God is accurate and it is eternal. It is more sure than the heavens and the earth as we know them right now. So we just want to get into something that will be foundational for your faith. You know, years ago, we had a, a radio broadcast in the city of Tampa uh, called Foundations for Faith. And uh, we were always bringing something, no matter what the subject matter, but something that would build a foundation for faith, hence the name of the broadcast. Every time that we speak of faith, it must be uh, based on some fundamental truths uh, that cause and stimulate our faith to grow and to be able to receive everything that God has purposed and therefore promised in his word. So we just pray today that that you will be blessed as we get in God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's just pray. Uh, I usually pray beforehand and for time's sake. I don't pray over uh, the broadcast time, but I feel it's so important. This message today, God wants us to hear it and to get it down into our heart. Heavenly Father, I pray as we open our hearts to receive your word today, that our minds would be clear and that we would for a little while get rid of the distractions and all of the clutter and just hear the words of the Lord, hallelujah, that we might receive what you want us to receive. And we'll give you the praise, the honor, and all of the glory, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit is within me and with me to do this, and I believe the Holy Spirit is with you today. And the Bible said, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and how we appreciate and appropriate this mighty work of the Holy Spirit. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. God speaks by his word through the Holy Spirit today. So I believe God is going to speak through us. I believe God is going to speak to us today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, beginning with verse 18 through 22, on the subject, faith to receive. This is the second in this series, and it is so important today. I don't believe uh, that we are receiving all that God has purposed and promise to us in his word as Christians. Why? Because when I read the promises of God and through them understand the purposes of God, you know, he said to ancient Israel, I know my thoughts toward you, thoughts of good and not of evil, uh, the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God reveals his purpose by his promises, hallelujah, so that we can have an expectation from him. We can know what 
to expect from him. And this spirit of expectancy is called faith. Hallelujah. Amen. When we expect to receive from him. I know faith and hope are interlocked together, for faith is the substance of things hoped for, and hope is the glad expectation of future good. But when you marry faith, which is in the now, to hope, which is reaching out into the future, then we have that that we need to receive everything that God has purposed and reveal to us through his promises. Hath he not said it? The Old Testament writer said, and will he not do it? Hallelujah. So we want to develop that spirit of expectancy so that hope and faith are alive and functioning in our hearts and in our lives. Let's read this this heading in Matthew 21, verse uh, 18 through 22. The heading here in this portion of Scripture is the cursing of the fig tree. And listen to how faith operated through Jesus Christ. Listen. It said, Now in the morning, as he returned unto the city, he hungered. And went and saw a fig tree in the way, and came into it, and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? <laughs> and, and, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, but ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which was done to the fig tree. Listen, now we're moving from, from just what Jesus could do as because of his deity to what his disciples could do because of the authority and the, that he had given them to carry out his will. It is so important to understand that we have been given authority, delegated authority. You know, nothing, someone said, lies beyond the reach of prayer, but that that lies beyond the will of God. That's why the scriptures teach, and this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he, if we know that he heareth us, how do you know that he hears you? Well, number one, because we have discovered his will. And if we're asking according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of him. We know it in our spirit before we see it in manifestation. We know 
that we know that we know. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's the kind of faith that received. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said, and I want to quote him. He said, Believe that when you come into the presence of God, you can have all you came for. You can take it away, and you can use it. For all the power of God is at your disposal in response to your faith. It's important to understand that without faith we cannot please Him. For everyone that comes to God must, that's an imperative, Hebrews chapter 11, must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Listen to what it says again, verily, which means surely, verse 21, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which was done to the fig tree, you shall not only do this, but also ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Now, that didn't mean that they could just arbitrarily go out and tell a mountain to be removed in the name of faith. It meant if there is a circumstance that looks impossible, if there is a situation that looks unmovable, and we're up against something that is is against the will of God that's revealed to us through His Word and by His Holy Spirit, we can speak to that mountain of circumstance, that mountain of opposition, and it will be moved. Remember the Old Testament? Zerubbabel was given an assignment to accomplish, and it was so uh, overwhelmingly difficult and seemingly impossible that it just rocked him to his core. I don't know how to get this done. I don't know how it could possibly be done or how anyone could do it. And God spoke to him and said this, The mountain that stands before you shall become as a plain, flat as a plain, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, I believe one of the one of the misconceptions when we hear the term mountain moving faith, and I believe in this faith that's being revealed right here, faith can move those mountains. But it's because that God acts on that mountain. It's not a force within us that moves the mountain. It's a force within us that believes God when we pray. And then we speak to the mountain. Hallelujah. And we say to the mountain, remember, remember when, when the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And that's what we're talking about here. We're trying to build our faith to believe so that we can receive all that God has purposed and promised in the new covenant for our lives as believers in the now, in the 21st century. And friend of mine, I want you to know that these words are so relevant to me today. They're asking a a legitimate question we all should ask. Lord, increase our faith. Well, that's what this teaching is for. So that my faith as I teach this, as I read this, and your faith can grow and develop. (laughs) Not so much in the quantity, but in the 
quality. So Jesus answers this question, Lord, increase our faith by saying, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, see quality, not quantity. You don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to hear that today? You don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. All you need is faith in God. Remember remember an evangelist uh, called Brother Shambach years ago? I've been to tent meetings that he conducted uh, way back in the day. And he used to come on the radio and say, you ain't got, and this, pardon my vernacular, yeah, I speak this way too. It wasn't just him. I just talk in plain language. No need using a $50 word when a 50 cent word will say the same thing. You ain't got no trouble. All you need is faith in God. Now, that doesn't mean that faith will will cause us not to have any problems or pressures in life. It means that faith will take us through the darkest valley, the hardest troubles that this fallen world can create and this enemy, the devil, can throw again. You know, the shield of faith as part of the armor of God doesn't quench 99.9% of the fiery darts of the enemy. Did you know that? It does not defeat 99.9%. The Bible said the shield of faith would quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And that means that, that we're going to continue uh, to, to be shot at by the enemy, but we're not going to have the damage done that he intends if we keep trusting God and we keep believing God. He will take us through the fire. He will take us through the flood, and he will establish his covenant with us, praise God, and keep his promises to us, and we will know the victory that he's purposed for our life in spite of the faultiness of our bodies and the fallenness of this world and the and the onslaught of our enemy he will never let up on you he will never let up on me but god will never give up on you and god will never give up on me if we will not give up on God. Hallelujah. This is so important. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the midst of the sea. And if you doubt not that what you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. Now, that's not the power of of our words. This is our words coming in line with his word. You see, it's not, I can't have anything I want, but I can have everything that he wills. I'm going to say that again. I can't and you can't. I'm sorry to tell you this. You can't have everything you want. My children didn't get everything they wanted when they were growing up. 
because there were things that wouldn't be good for them, wouldn't be safe for them, wouldn't be appropriate for them. It wouldn't be even appropriate to give them good things uh, at their whim that they might learn that that's not what life is about. You, you don't get everything that you want. But I'm going to tell you, when you're a child of God, you'll get everything that you need. <laughs> and when you find out that everything that he's provided is all you really need, uh, your wants will change. In fact, you will say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. For godliness with contentment is the true riches. When you come to that place of faith and satisfaction when your soul spiritually is so satisfied your flesh longing for something you say what do you want that for that's not going to make you happier than what you have in Christ amen you can actually begin to reassess in spite of the the lust of our flesh what is really important in our life Oh, remember, remember the song that the Rolling Stones came out with years ago, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. If you're still looking at only the material and physical world for satisfaction, you will never find enough of anything to satisfy the deepest longings of your heart and soul. But Jesus promised the woman at Jacob's well in John's gospel, chapter 4, if you knew who it was that asked you to give me a drink, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. When our spirit is satiated and saturated with the presence and person of Christ, I want you to know your flesh will say, oh, but you need that. You need that. You've got to have this to be fulfilled, satisfied, or happy. And you'll say, what? Are, are you crazy? Do you actually think that a, a brand new Mercedes is going to be more satisfying than the new wine of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I mean, you can actually talk to your own foolish flesh, reckon yourself to be dead unto sin and to Satan and to self, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. So this message on faith is not designed to give you everything that you want, but it is designed to give you everything thing that God wills. And when you start receiving all that God wills, you're going to find out that that's all you really want, because that's all you really need. <laughs> Amen. One evangelist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he said, and I quote it this way many times, uh, taking it out of context, of course, the Lord is my shepherd, he's all I want. Praise God. Amen. Listen to this again. Let's go back to Matthew 21 and verse 18 through 22. And let's read once again verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, If you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this as is done to the fig tree, but you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all things, whatsoever you shall ask, in prayer, believing, in prayer, believing, you shall 
receive. Receiving faith is, 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 is conspicuous because this element of doubt, this praying without, without understanding the will of God or appropriating the will of God when we pray, this praying as if we're waiting to see what God's going to do, has no knowledge of His will or His purpose, doesn't take hold of His promise. You know, the Bible said the promises of God are yea, and amen. Amen simply means be it unto me according to thy word. That's why we need to get into a good quality Bible study. A Bible study that rightfully divides the word of God. Not just taking a promise out of context, but in the context of, of God's eternal purpose and God's sovereign revealed will. Yes, God is sovereign. But God isn't going to do anything he chooses to do in his sovereignty once he has committed himself by promise to his people. You know, the land was that he had purposed to give them and promise them. What was the land called when he brought them out of Egypt? It was his purpose to take them into Canaan. Well, what, what, what did he call that land? It was called the promised land. And yes, there was perimeters. You couldn't get anything you wanted, but you could get everything that he willed. If by faith, amen, and he gave them the perimeters of the promised land. The river Euphrates, he went on and, and, and gave the actual perimeters everywhere that your feet tread. When you go over to possess that that was promised, everywhere your feet tread within the perimeters of his purpose revealed to them by promise. Everywhere that your feet go over there, you can claim if there's an enemy, the enemy will fall. If walled cities are there, you know the story of Jericho. That wall is going to fall. If you go over and possess that promised land by faith, it's going to be yours. Hallelujah. And as far as God concerned, before they even went to possess it, it already belonged to them because he would not renege on his promise. Hath he not said it? And will he not do it? You know, if God didn't want us to have it, he wouldn't have said it in his word in the first place. If we believe the word is truly God's word, and it's truly eternal, and it's truly inerrant, then we ought to grab a hold of the promises of God. For the promise of God reveals the purpose of God. Amen. God wouldn't have promised it if he didn't purpose it. Hallelujah. When I leave a will and testament, there's not much, I don't have much to leave, but if I leave a last will and testament, within that will and testament, I'm going to, to reveal what I have purposed through the promises that I have made. Amen. And friend of mine, God does the very same thing. The promises of God are yea and amen to them that believe. Believe what? Believe he's going to keep his promise. Believe that his promise is his purpose, or he wouldn't have promised it in the first place. 
the Bible literally says to be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Don't follow people that don't believe the promise means anything or, or the promise that he made to them in the New Testament back then has no relevance to us today in the 21st century. I want you to know something. People have changed, and oh, Lord, the church world has changed. Christians have changed. Uh, but God is the Lord God of Israel. And he changes not. The word is, etern is as eternal as God himself. Yes, there's disp different dispensations. We're not in some new, different, less than they had in the early church dispensation. The dispensation that came to them through grace is ours today through that same grace, from that same God, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he will be forever. They were new covenant believers, and we are new covenant believers today. Praise God. When you stand praying, uh, we're to forgive, to get rid of the clutter in our hearts, but we're also to believe, to believe, to believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. The scripture declares to him that believeth. Praise the Lord. I do not want God to purpose something in my life and reveal it by promise in his word and me to miss out on his provision and wonder why, why uh, my prayers seem to be in vain. Heaven seems to be brass. The doors of his grace seem to be shut tight on me. Oh, friend, nothing is farther from the truth. God's heart is open. In the Old Testament, it says, Thou openest thine hand, O God, and satisfieth the desire of every living thing. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. For when you're delighted in him, you see, you want his will more than your way. And when you really surrender out of love and devotion to that degree, when you want his will more than your way, <laughs> then you're going to start asking according to his revealed will in the word of God. Hallelujah. And when you do that, the Bible said this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we have desired of him. And when you know that you have it, when you say amen to the prayer and the mountain is standing there defying you, then you can speak to the mountain. Be thou removed. You can't stand. God has heard my prayer and he's going to act on you. And, and it won't be by might nor power. It'll be by his spirit that the mountain will become as a plain. Somebody has a mountain 
of trouble, a mountain of problems, a mountain of circumstance, a mountain of physical and financial issues. All kinds of things can constitute this defiant mountain. And sometimes we feel so small and so so insignificant and infinitesimally small as we stand and look up at this mighty mountain of opposition to the promise and therefore the purpose of God. Well, let's pray to the Lord to remove that mountain. And when we're through talking to God about the mountain, then it's time to release our faith and talk to the mountain. Mountain, be thou removed without a doubt in our heart that what we say is going to come to pass because He has willed it, He has purposed it, and He has promised it. (laughs) And hath He not said it, and will He not do it? Oh, friend of mine, I'm excited. Here I am. All these years I have pastored and preached for 44 years. And I'm still challenged by the Word of God to trust Him more and believe Him and ask so large of Him that He may be glorified in the answer to my prayer. I'm asking for more than I could possibly in and of myself imagine. The Bible said that He's able to do abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. The Holy Spirit is living within you as a Christian. He's living within me. And God the Father is living in you. God the Father is living in me. He's not sitting aloof in His heaven, unconcerned, about your life and mine. It's time to pray. And while we're praying, believe that we receive. And get up from that place and position and posture of prayer and stand up and speak to that circumstance. Be gone in the name of Jesus. And watch God do abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that He has invested in you, invested in me. The mighty Holy Spirit is living within us. Hallelujah. And friend of mine, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you say, I can't live the Christian life, I heartily agree. But when you repent of your sin, accept Christ as your Savior, God becomes your Father, Jesus becomes your brother, (laughs) hallelujah, and the Holy Spirit comes to abide within you, and He can give you the power to overcome, and He will do it, hallelujah. So when you pray For forgiveness, believe that God can change you from the inside out and every chain will be broken. Don't wait. Pray right now and see what the Lord can do in you, 
for you and through you. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.